I want to I want to do this quick. I want to get this on there so that we have it. Am I clear? You hear me well? Thumbs up. Yes. Amen. I'm going back to John. Chapter three. We're still on the same message. God's love. And I'm going to the King James today because I want to do some concordance. I want to do some Greek translation or some things. And I want you to grab this. This is so awesome. I want you to grab this. We're going to start from verse one again. I'm going to touch on some of what we covered last week, and then we're going to move on to the rest. John chapter three, verse one says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus at night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are the teacher, come from God, but no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now I made this point last week and I'll touch on it again quickly this week. He acknowledged immediately that the miracles that Jesus was doing had to make him from God. But I laid down this foundation last week and I'll touch on it quickly this week. He's a Pharisee, see, he's a leader of the Jews. They do not accept Jesus. They don't accept him as, a, they, they, most of them called him a heretic. They didn't accept him at all as being from God, definitely not the son of God. So for Nicodemus to be proclaiming or making a statement he made, he's taking a risk of being excommunicated as he's found out because they did not appreciate him in the role that God called him to be or accept him as God in the flesh or anything else. They now keep this in mind. Made this point last week. I make it this week. That's why he came at night. He came at night so that nobody would see him, that the, his peers and his friends wouldn't know him. He had to sneak around in the dark. Now. But he was intrigued enough. He said, yeah, I know what my crew say and I know what we all supposed to believe. And I believe I stand with them on that. But you doing some things that none of them are doing. And you are making things happen in ways that they are not, which is making me question, are they right? Maybe they're wrong. You must be from God. You must be from God. So he's, he was intrigued by the miracles Jesus did. Now, say myon. Say myon is the word miracle in Greek. And the definition of it was supernatural, of course, a miracle, a sign, a token, a wonder. A sign, a mark or a token that by which a person or a thing is distinguished from all other things that is known. There are other definitions, but I want to stay with that. No one else can do. He said to Jesus, you must be from God because nobody else I know has these signs, these, 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 these tokens by which you are distinguished from everything else. That is known. Basically, what he was saying to Jesus is, you don't flow like nobody else we know. Now, children of God, hear me clear. In the Old Testament, there were miracles and miracles and miracles. They had hardened their hearts and defied God so long that they were seeing moves of God, circumstantial and situational, but you don't hear much at this time about the moves and miracles of God. The moves and miracles of God for them have dried up. They have gotten so systemized. Are you listening to me? They have gotten so homogenized. They had gotten so processed and pasteurized that they no longer really saw the move of the miracles of God like they used to. So now they were functioning prisoner under Roman rule for a very, very long time, and they had become 
indoctrinated or, or, or grafted into the system of the systems. Their God worked with them within the confines and the construct of Roman rule and Roman government. I just said something there. Let me, let me see if I can say that a, a little bit different. They had become so churchy that the miracles and the move of God weren't common anymore. They were distant. They were few, far, far between, between. You don't hear the talk about it when Jesus is there, when Jesus comes on the earth. These things to them had kind of slipped into the background of their life as history, but it no longer functioned as part of their everyday routine and who they were as people. Are you with me now? Sound familiar? A miracle probably was something sparse to them. So now here comes Jesus. He's doing things <clears throat> that looks like the stuff they used to read about or hear about or their great grandparents told them about. He's doing things. He's healing sick. He's giving sight to the blind. People with leprosy is being healed. Dead people getting up and walking. They're, they're seeing stuff. He's seeing stuff. Nick is seeing something happening in them. I'm calling Nick for short. Nick is seeing something happening in them, and he's going, hey, I know my people, the Pharisees and, and Sadducees that I hung around, don't go along with this. The leader, I'm a leader. Leaders don't go along with this. I didn't plan to stand it this long, but I really just can't help but beat this in. So Nick decides to become Nick at night. He comes to Jesus in the nighttime to ask his secret question. You gotta be from God because the things you doing, that's not normal. People just don't flow like you're flowing. Now, he starts by calling him good teacher. And in another translation, I think it says, Mark, Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only God is good before he answers his question. But in this one, they don't, they don't touch on that point. Jesus goes right to Nick and he says, truly, you must be born again. Now, Nick asked about the miracles. Jesus told him, you must be born again. I'm asking about miracles. You're talking about being born again. Jesus is introducing to him a spiritual dimension. Nick, because he's a, a, a Pharisee, is intellectual. The word of God is intellectual to them. Everything is broken down by two, four, six, and eight. There's the laws, there's the rules, do this, don't do that. They found ways to twist that, to manipulate the people just to get money, like a lot of people do today. Stay with me, I'm not picking on nobody. I'm just making a point. I'm just trying to make draw a comparison. So now, Nick immediately responds to him by saying, Wait, how am I be born again? Can I go back up into my mother's womb? So even though it looked like Jesus wasn't answering his question, Nick identified it as an answer because he heard, he said, how do you do the miracles that you do? Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, well, I can't, how am I be born again? Can I go back in my mother's womb? He went right back to his intellect. Intellectually, that's not possible. Now, let's get down to the point I want to make. So, so in verse four, Nicodemus says to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter into a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered him, verse five, verily I say to you, he gave him two verilies. I say unto you that except a man is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Look, 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 listen, listen, look, look with your ears. Hear what I'm about to say. A man cannot be born again Unless he's born of the spirit in the water, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You're listening to my question. Listen to my statement real close. Because you're about to learn something if you didn't learn it before. When Jesus makes reference to the kingdom of God in these situations and a lot of these texts in the New Testament, he is not talking about dying and going to heaven, which is what the church has perverted and turned it into. Nicodemus was asking him, how are you doing the miracles that you're doing right here, right now on earth and this planet? He was not asking him about no heaven. He wasn't asking about no eternal life. I don't remember if it was the Pharisees. 
Pharisees or Sadducees, but one of them didn't even believe in resurrection. One of the groups didn't even believe that that was a real thing. I think it may have been Nick's group. So he wasn't asking them about eternal life. He was asking them, how do I do the stuff you're doing now? Is that a good question? Is that a fair question? Should you be asking that question? You're a Christian. Jesus said, the works that I do, you should do also. So he's saying, Nick is saying, well, I see you doing this. And my boys say you ain't right. And I may not even want to follow you. There's no scriptures or something that says that he did. But he wanted to know how he was doing what he was doing. You got to be connected to God some kind of way. And I want to know. And Jesus said, you can't see the kingdom or kingdom activity or the flow of the kingdom or the way the kingdom works or the way the kingdom moves or the manifestation of kingdom stuff in your life like I'm doing, except you are born again. There has to be something different in you that makes you born from a different place, he said, of the spirit that you can function like I function. I want to put this on the table solid and put a nail in it so it doesn't move for the rest of this message. This conversation is Nicodemus trying to find out how Jesus does what he does. And everything that Jesus says from this point is answering that question. How many here want to know how to do what Jesus does the way Jesus does it? Showing hands, got to get to something like, absolutely. I, yeah, I want to be able to do what Jesus did. Well, Nick asks, Jesus is answering. Let's not turn it into him talking about going to heaven. He's talking about the answer to his question. And here's his answer. Very, very, I said to you, except a man is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That's what that kind of move is, isn't it? Isn't that in the kingdom of God? If you're doing miracles like Jesus is doing and the works that he do and greater works that he, aren't you now functioning in the kingdom of God? He didn't say you must be born again and then die. And when you die, you will see the kingdom of God. He's talking about the kingdom of God right now. And he's saying, here's how it works. Here's how it works, Nick. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That's which is born of spirit is spirit. So what he's saying to him, you're a fleshly dude with a fleshly mindset. Right away, you start talking about you got to go back in your mama. You don't even get it. That's why you can't do spiritual things. I'm saying to you, if you're born of spirit, that which is spirit, the spiritual things. You are flesh, so the stuff you produce will be fleshly. The way you reason will be fleshly. The manifestations of your life will be fleshly. The moves of God in your life will be fleshly. Why? Because you don't operate on kingdom principle. You operate on earthly principle. You don't operate in the power realm. You operate in the limited realm. You don't, you don't flow in the realm eternal. You flow in the, in the realm temporal. And because you flow in the temporal realm, everything you do produces a temporal result. How am I doing? So he's checking him. He's saying, listen, you are flesh. You ain't going to see these things. Then he said, marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. Now, today, that word marvel hit me because I said, like, marvel, wait, okay, yeah, I always read that, but marvel not, don't be surprised, right? But what, is, what did he mean with Zimbabwe? He said, don't wonder and be amazed and don't be in admiration of what I'm of me and what I'm doing and what I'm saying to you. And that's what hit me. He was saying, don't be in admiration of what you see here. Don't be marveled that I'm telling you you must be born again. That's not so crazy. What I'm telling you is pretty simple. I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't see if you understand what I'm saying. Don't be surprised or don't marvel or don't be shocked because I told you in order to flow in this kind of anointing and do these kind of things and live it out of the kingdom power, you must be born again. Don't be shocked by that. Let me, let me just put my scripture down for a minute and just drive this home. Don't be shocked, amused, amazed, and blown away when you are flowing in the things of God the way you're supposed to and the things of God are happening in your life from a kingdom perspective. I don't know if you're caught me. Let me see if I can bring it home one more way. We should get to a point. 
let's say this. Let's say it together. I, I will be at a point that the moves of God in my life are normal and not amazing. Just normal. This is what he's saying. Don't be amazed or marvel that I, you ask me how I'm able to do these things. You must be born again. I, I confess that that's the way it should be. So when people look at me and say, wow, God, this God did that. I keep saying it's just the beginning. I'm just really starting to get a grip on this. And, and, and I was talking to somebody the other day and they were saying, you know, what? I'm just believing that God's going to take you here and he's going to take me there and we're going to do this and, 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 and the business is going to do that. And I was like, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. You believe God going to take you there. I'm there already. I'm No, I'm stepping into this. I'm claiming this now. I'm flowing like the kingdom. I'm, I'm not confessing one day I'm going to get it anymore. Someday over the rainbow, by and by, sweet pie in the sky, when I see his face. No, he called me to walk in this now. So let's take it further. He said, don't marvel that I say you must born again, be born again. The wind blows where it lists and you hear it. And the sound of it you hear, but you cannot tell where it's coming from and where it's going. And this is where I wrapped up last week. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. He said, the people that are born of the spirit move like the wind. You don't, the Holy Spirit moves this way and so do you. You do things, you hear it, you see it, but how it comes and where it goes, you don't know. Let me, let me say this to you. People also say to you, how did that blessing, how did you get that? How did, how did you achieve that? I've been working on that for 50 years and I haven't been able to do it. And you did it in six months. How are you pulling this off? How are you going here? How are you, Esther, Broadway to this? And the guy said to her, you can't have what you're asking for to be a choreographer, assistant choreographer. It took me 10 years before I even promoted somebody to that. And and then within two years, there she was. And I'm telling you right now, that's the way it's supposed to be. Where everybody in the world is going, well, who are you sleeping with? Well, what did you do? Well, how did you pull that off? Well, how did you get there? Well, I don't know. They're supposed to be. They're supposed to be irritated. They're supposed to be jealous. And they're supposed to be happy, fortunate, blessed. And be enviable is the man who's blessed by God. So let me just say this to you. I know I'm talking fast, but oh my God, I'm excited today. Let me say this to you. Your life is supposed to be that. You're supposed to be the representation that everybody's looking at you going, oh, my God, you must be from God. Now, I stood there on the train. I, I gave out my, my flyers and I had the megaphone telling people. So that's how they know I'm born again. Really? Or oh, I mentioned Jesus. I pray to the Lord. Oh, God bless. Hallelujah. Well, God is good. If you are moving like that. People going to say, you must be of God if you never say hallelujah or Jesus is Lord or amen every time somebody say a sentence looking all churchy and stupid, but not manifesting the flow of God in your life that people look at and say, I want to come if I got to sneak you over to you at night and say, tell me how you do what you do. You got to have some kind of relationship with God somewhere. I remember when Nellie was telling the story about the, the salon and the African people and how they was treating her. And seven years she put up with them and stood and woman find, and God just kept blessing. And the woman finally came to her and said, you must be of God. You must, God, you must really be with God because I tried everything. Couldn't break you. God kept blessing no matter what I did. Truly, you must be of God. Somebody say, I claim that for myself. You move like the wind. This, I'm not making this up. This is what Jesus said. He said, the wind comes, you hear it, you see, you, you, you see its effect, you see the trees knocked over. You, see, you, you follow what I'm saying? You see what is done. Are you listening to me? You see what is done, but you don't know where it came from or where it went. And he said, and this is the way, listen to me. Let me read it the way he said it. It comes and it goes, so is everyone that is born of the spirit. Listen, listen, listen. So is everyone that's born again. Let me say it again. 
The spirit moves like this. Don't be surprised. I tell you, you must be born again. That is born of flesh is flesh. That's born of spirit is spirit. And the spirit is like this. It's like a wind comes in. It affects the stuff around it. It moves. People can hear it. They see it. But then it, the way it, it's traces that it leaves behind. Nobody know where it came from. Nobody know where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. I'm going to get off this point. I'm going to wrap this up so we get to the rest of it. But this is so important. And I might go back to it every week till I feel like you, I see the fruit of it in your lives. This is everyone who is born of the spirit. Say everyone who is born of the spirit. That's how they flow. That's how I flow. Now, notice he didn't say this is everyone who goes to church and confesses Jesus as Lord. Notice he didn't say everyone who is saved. He said, this is the way the person flows who is born again or born of the spirit. Well, I'm born of the spirit. Okay, you got born again, you're going to heaven. But you ain't flowing like that. So therefore, there's a problem. You can be saved by confession, but not reborn in the spirit. And so therefore, your life still looks like everybody else's. I don't want to shame anybody. I want to challenge you that you are better than what you're acting like. You are more powerful than what you're giving off. And you shouldn't have to say you're a believer for people to see it. They should be saying, this, this, this person moved like the wind. Boy, you just don't know what's going to happen with them. One minute is this, the next minute is that. They go from here to there, and we don't even know. Are you with me? Are you claiming that? Are you laying hold of that? This is how I move. I won't go into details. I'll let Jerrica share her own reports. But Jerrica and I had a talk and she was going through some stuff at work and, and I shared with her her position. That's all I did. I just said, this is who you are. This is what the kingdom says you are. Um, this is what the, 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 the Nicodemus realm says you're supposed to be. But this is what the kingdom says you are. And I'll let her tell the story. It's a powerful story. She said she went back to work and she was like, she put it on the table and she laid it down. She laid down the law and wasn't even concerned about getting fired. I'm not doing this. I will do this. I will leave at this time. I'm going to work at home this many days if I feel like it. I'll come if I want to and I'll go when I want to. And they said, oh, okay. Because that's the power when people recognize the power of God on you, you can take a stand. And if they don't like it and they reject you, God will put you somewhere else where you get treated the way you're supposed to be treated when you know who you are and how you're supposed to flow. So when we had a call the other day with one of our, our uh, business partners in, in, in one of the companies that we re we're working for now, and I said at the end of our conversation with Lindsay and I and this person, I said, we are the best there is. There is nobody better. And it just came, it just came flowing out of me. Like, I was like, Dad, I was like, no, well, this is what this is what it cost. And we are the best. And there is nobody better. And he kind of chuckled, you know, at my my arrogance, you know, this black man, whatever. I don't know what his mindset thought. I don't care. There is nobody better. That's why you're here. You left in your back because we're the best. And he said, well, okay, well, now I just want to talk to Lindsay a little bit. So da, da, da. I said, all right, you have a good day. Boom. And I clicked right off the Zoom. Lindsay's like, I didn't know you was going to hang up like that. So he said, he's going to talk to you. I, I'm not trying to be this dude friend. I'm doing business. Watch this. God is so awesome. As I was walking home from the gym, because I was talking to him outside the gym, you know, I'm going to take a four-mile walk home from the gym. Walking home, Lindsay says to me, he said, when you got off the call, looking to fill a director's position, right, Lindsay, I think? He said, if we could find somebody like him, that would be great. And I went, 
I didn't even get excited that he said that. I heard that as from God. God said, this is what I do when you flow like I tell you to flow. You don't walk around apologizing to everybody and trying to make everybody like you and everybody understand you and everybody agree with you and pat you on your back and tell you you good and tell you you great. You can't pat win on the back. It flows, it comes, it goes, it does its thing and it's out. You don't pat the wind. You don't need no pats. All you need to know is you flow like the spirit born person that's born of the spirit. And if you're born of the spirit, you flow like the spirit. If you're born of the flesh, you flow like the flesh. The problem with church folk, myself included for a very long time, is I was calling myself a spiritual being in the afterlife. But in this realm, I was flowing through, out and by the flesh. And my results were fleshly with a little sprinkle of supernatural on them at best here and there. I had a little blessing from God here and a little touch of God here. And oh, God gave me a raise. And oh, God blessed me with a car. And oh, God healed my credit. And God said, big deal. He reminded me, Jesus said, I seen Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Nobody cares about your little earthly trinkets. I want you to flow like somebody born of the spirit of God, that you flow in and you flow out and you affect things, you mess stuff up or you put things straight and you move things around and you come out and they don't know where you came from and they don't know where you went, but they just know God is with you. Can I get a strong hallelujah, amen, or something from somebody? I know, come on now. We are the people of God, not just earthly people saying God's name. We are born of the spirit. We flow like the spirit. We come in like the spirit. We go out like the spirit. People didn't see us come. They didn't see us go, but they felt our presence when we left. You may not have seen me, but my effect of me, the effect of me being there is all over the place. All because Nick asked a question. How are you doing the miracles that you do? Bro, you got to flow spiritually. You can't, be a, you can't be a Pharisee and a scribe and understand this, buddy. You're an intellectual man. You're a logical person. And if you be honest, a lot of us has, have relegated God to the logical realm. We have, we have locked God in the square box of our logic and our circumstances and our connections and our credit scores. You don't want to have this conversation with me. And you want to talk about God from the perspective of what your job pays you and what God can do based on what you get paid and who hired you last and who complimented you and how many things you have on your, on, on your, um, um, degrees you have on your name and, and, and stuck on your wall and all God can do is function in that Nicodemus realm in your life. We was having a meeting with somebody, another one of the one of our business people, and they start talking about, well, you know, if they have the right degrees and they have the right to this, and he start, you know, he's telling me his situation, but then he's trying to tell me this degree and that degree, and I said, well, it's funny because I'm on this thing with you, and I have an associate's degree, and I run five businesses, and you're here talking to me, so there we have it. You know, it's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I flow like the spirit flows. You don't get to, 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 to decide who I am and how high I am by the years that you've decided I should be. When that man said to Esther, it's going to take you at least 10 years to get there. I said, it's going to take his people 10 years to get there. It don't take us that. We're not relegated to his decision. We're not stuck by his, 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 his confines of our greatness. Nobody should determine that. You like to win. Nobody should be able to trap you. Nobody should be able to hold you. Nobody should be able to box you in. You can't do that to the wind. These are the people that are born of the spirit, Jesus said. This is how they flow. Say to yourself, I'm going to check my flow. My iPad got tired of waiting for me and, and, and shut off. <laughs> Whew, I got preachy there. Did I bless somebody? Come on now, let's do this thing. Nicodemus 
answers him and said to him, how can these things be? He still can't get out of his mind. No, no, no. Don't laugh at Nick. You'll do it too. Everybody on this thing right here has done it. I've done it. God said, I'm going to do this. And you ask God how he's going to be able to do that. Then you start sitting down in your mind concocting. Well, maybe um, this person I know because they got this and maybe I could call them and maybe they could connect this. You know, well, maybe it could happen if I, you know, stand out on the corner with a cup and, 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 and beg to raise the money. Now, you're looking at me stupid when I say that, but that's what you're doing in the spiritual realm. You're standing on the corner with a cup begging for somebody to come and give you a handout. You, you don't want to have this conversation with me, but we're going to have it anyway. I'm trying to tell you it's the equivalent of standing on the corner with a cup. If you're always looking for a man or a woman or a person to be the doorway or the gateway to the move of God in your life. I've seen this vanity in the earth. Princes riding horses. I mean, princes walking like slaves and slaves riding horses like princes. This, princes. This is a problem that we have when our God is no bigger than the circumstances that are around us. I was raised in the hood. So a rose would grow in the hood just like it would grow in any other place if it's taken care of, right? And if you're God's plant, you will flourish wherever you plant it. But that don't mean you got to stay there. You can grow up out of there. You can grow taller than where you were raised. You can grow taller than the circumstances that are around you right now. I'm watching God move your boy into situations of counsel as he promised me 30 years ago where people of authority or counsel or wealth or success are coming to me saying, what say you, sir? I would be intimidated in the past. But since I've been getting a hold of this, I'm not intimidating. They say, what say you, sir? And I say, what say you, sir? And God tells me, and then I say what he says. And they say, wow, you're so smart. Because all I need to do is say what he tells me to say. Take no thought what you will say when they deliver you up to the leaders. Take no script. He said, for in that self-same hour, the Holy Spirit will tell you what you should say. He'll tell you what you should do. He'll tell you, just go, just get there. But no, once I finish school, and once I, no, just if God told you to get there, just get there. But once my finances get better, your finances ain't going to get better till you get there. Just get on the road and head to where God told you to be. And when you're on your way there, all the provision will show itself up like the wind. It'll come in from the left. It'll come in from the right. It'll come from behind you. The blessings will come upon you and overtake you. They'll chase you down. And all of a sudden, the blessings will get ahead of you and be waiting for you when you open the door and walk in the room. These are the stories that the kingdom of God wants. I talk about my little story about God said, move the floor and I moved. I came out here with no furniture and a box full of clothes and instruments or whatever. And God here and the furniture was all here waiting. And God keeps saying to me, whoop-de-doo, whoop-de-doo. This is still not what I told you you're going to be. Now, when you going to line up with that? So I've been, I'm going to tell you right now, right now, I'm lined up with that right now. Somebody reached out to me. I'm keep telling you these stories because I want to encourage you. I really, really do. Somebody reached out to me and said, whoa, you on the board of governors already? I thought that was for the future. And I responded, the future is now. The future is now. I don't know what you're talking about. The future is right now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The future, your future is today. 
Your future is right now. Your future is the, all the promises of God are not going to be yea and amen. They are. The things that be not as though they were is because they are. They exist now. They exist today in the realm of the spirit. Ain't nothing shifting and changing. It's sitting right there waiting for you. All the storehouses and the, and the cattle on a thousand hill, none of that stuff has moved in the eyes of God. It's there and it's been there. And it, it, there was no drought. There was no decrease. Every promise of God is yea and amen. Every word of his is yea and amen. Everything he promised you is yea and amen. It's been yours. It's never changed. God may have to move some people in your life. God may have to move some circumstances in your life. Not because the people is the problem. It's because you keep clinging to the people. God got to pull you away from them. They, God said, let them be them. They're not my problem. The problem is you're not walking in what I called you to be. So this is what Jesus is saying to him. And he comes right back with, well, how can that be? And Jesus answers him. And I want you to listen to this answer from Jesus. And said, how do you not know these things? You're a teacher, aren't you? You're a leader, you're a scribe, you're, I mean, you're a Pharisee, you're a leader of the people. How can you not know this stuff? How are you leading people and you don't know this stuff? He said unto him, art thou a master of Israel and knoweth not these things? He said, aren't you a man? Aren't you? Aren't you claiming to be born again, filled with the spirit and God's my father and I got Jesus and as long as I got Jesus, I don't need nothing else. And how are you, how are you this born again, spirit filled, eternal life being creature and you don't know these things? Hmm. Verily, verily, I say unto you, we speak that we do. And testify that which we have seen. And you receive not our witness. We told you. You didn't hear us. I have told you. If I had told you earthly things. Listen to me. You would believe. If I tell you. But would you believe if I tell you heavenly things? I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But listen. He said if I told you earthly things. And you don't believe that. How are you going to believe heavenly things? So he said, if I told you earthly things and you don't get it from that perspective, how am I going to tell you heavenly things? And I got caught with this. If I tell you earthly things and you don't believe, how are you going to believe if I tell you heavenly things? I had to check that with the, the conversation Jesus was having before this statement. I'm tying it all together for me. You must be born again. Things of the flesh are produce things of the flesh. Things of the spirit produce things of the spirit. Those are of the realm of the heavenly realm or of the kingdom realm or of the spirit realm. They flow like the wind. They go in and out and the way they do and the way it comes, the way it goes. I'm going to break that all down again. I just did. Nicodemus says, how should that, how could that be? And Jesus said, wait a minute. Aren't you a teacher? If I'm telling you earthly things and you don't get it, then how are you going to even make it ever with heavenly things? I'm submitting something to you for your approval. You must be born again. Spiritual things produce spiritual things. Earthly things produce earthly things. Flow like the wind. Come and go. So is everyone from the kingdom of God. Jesus just said that those are all earthly things. And we look at that as what I just taught is deep. I submit that for your approval. Then he just said, wait a minute. This is what he just told him. And he said, how can that be? And he said, if you don't even understand earthly things, how can I even begin to explain to you heavenly things? So basically said, what I just said to you was basic. That was 101. If you don't get that, how are we going to talk about anything else? You don't think I'm wrong? Read the whole thing again. Jesus said, this is the beginning stuff. 
You must be born again. You must be born in the spirit. You must be born of the water. You must flow like the spirit. You don't get that. How am I going to tell you anything else? Can we agree right now that based on what Jesus is saying here, we need to get that? So basically, when God says to me, big deal what you've done and what you've seen me do, that's just the beginning. When I saw this, then I went, oh. So you're basically saying to me that I'm just really, yeah, I'm really just starting out. It's just the beginning. This is the baby flow. I thought I was taking some big major steps and you looked at me and like, wow, pastor, he's moving in the Lord. And God's like, no, no, he ain't. He's just getting the baby steps. So my steps may look deep to you because they may be deeper than what you're doing right now, but they're not so deep to God. And that's what God confirmed to me. This is the beginning. This is the earthly stuff. I'm going to leave you alone with that. You're, you're looking a little tight. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to read it again, though. <laughs> Nicodemus said, how can that be? Let me go back. Nicodemus said, how can that be? Verse 9. Jesus answered said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel and know not this simple stuff? Truly, truly, I say unto you, we speak that which we know. And testify that which we have seen, and you received it not. You have not received our witness. If I tell you earthly things and you believe not, how should I how should you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no man has ascended to heaven but that which came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. He's talking about himself right there. I'm in heaven and I'm world. As Moses lifted up, Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness. So even so, I must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. Stop. I always read that verse the way it was presented. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whoever believes in him, come on, say it with me, shall not perish but have everlasting life. Let's say it one more time. For God so loved the world, right? That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay, so all the time I thought, God so loved the world that he gave his son. That's it. But this is the answer to Nicodemus's question. How do you do the miracles that you do? And everything he broke down from there down was God so loved the world that he gave you that. And he gave you the sun so you can do that. You move like the wind. You flow like the spirit. You come and go and people don't understand. You see the, aunt, wait a minute, aren't you, aren't you a leader of Israel? How do you not know this basic, simple, earthly stuff? God did this because he loves you. He gave his son for you to die for you so that you can flow like he created you to flow when he first created man, but even better because now you have the spirit of Christ in you. Why are you functioning and flowing in a limited earthly realm when you've been given a spiritual life and all the spiritual gifts that come with it to do all the things that Jesus did and greater works, and yet we still fighting for a raise. So God so loved the world that he gave his begotten son, that whoever lives in him shall have eternal life, should not perish, but have eternal life. And right away we go, that one verse stands alone by itself on every refrigerator or whatever car, bumper stickers or whatever you want. Like Jesus just came, walked in the room and said, hey, everybody, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Bye. No, it's a whole story going on here. And he's explaining. This is all part of the process that God so loved the world that he gave. Every, this is still the answer to Nicodemus's question. I need you to understand that as we read the rest of this verse, and then I'm about to wrap up. I need you to understand this. Everything he's saying is response to the question, how do you do the miracles that you do? 
Because God loved you so much that he gave his son that if you believe in him, you flow like the people of the spirit do and you'll be able to pull off these things and you have eternal life. Hmm. Watch this. I wanted to stop there, but I said, I got to add this just so you understand the depth of it. Because again, that verse is not a standalone verse. He went on, for God sent his son into world to the world, not to condemn me, but that through him you might be saved. Hmm. Yeah, I know I'm saved. Let's see. Let's see if you say sozo is the Greek word. Ready? Let's see if you saved. I'm saved. Jesus came in the world that I might be saved. Whew! I'm saved, baby. I'm going to heaven when I die. I got Jesus as my Lord. I'm saved. Let's see if you're saved. Let's see. Because Jesus just said this, and I'm taking it right from the word saved, right where he said it. Ready? To save, to keep safe and sound. Hmm. This is saved. He said, Jesus came in the word that you might be saved. He's answering Nicodemus's question. The verse has been pulled out of context. To rescue you from danger or destruction. Whoa. This has, Jesus said that. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him will not be condemned, but will be saved. I did not come in the world to condemn the world. I came in the world to save you. And here's what it says, to be safe and sound and to be rescued from danger or destruction and to, from injury or peril. I don't know. I ain't saved then because I ain't been saved. To save from suffering. I'm reading it from the... To save, to save a suffering one from perishing. Watch this, from suffering disease, to make well, to heal, to restore to health, to preserve one who is in danger or destruction, to save or to rescue, to save from, watch this, from save in the technical biblical sense, to deliver from penalties of the messianic judgment, to save from the evils which obstruct the redemption of the Messiah's deliverance. He came to the world to save you does not mean so that you can go to heaven when you die. He's answering Nicodemus's question. He's answering Nicodemus' question. That whoever believes in him, God so loved the world, he loved you so much, Nick, that he gave his only begotten son so that you will be safe and sound and rescued from danger or destruction to save you from suffering and perishing, to save you from disease, to heal you, to make you well, to restore you to health, to preserve one who is in danger or destruction, to save you or rescue you. You understand what I'm saying? God so loved the world that he came to keep you from death, destruction, hurt, pain, shame, guilt, everything. It's right there, right in that one word, save, Jesus said. So I submit today How do you flow? How do I flow? God so loved the world that he gave his son to protect me from danger, from harm, to restore me to health, that I could flow like the spirit, move in and out this that and Good master, Nicodemus said, you got to be something special, man, because you're flowing. He said, so is everyone who's born of the spirit. So is everyone who's born again in the spirit. So is everyone on this chat right now that has accepted Christ as Savior and been filled with his Holy Spirit. So is everyone that hears the word of God and receives it. So is everyone. Well, he's anointed to, Benny has anointed to heal. So is everyone 
who is born of the spirit. Well, Pastor, you anointed it. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. So is everyone. So let's say this together. So is everyone. So am I. You got enough for one day. God loves us, man. And I didn't realize how deep that love was. I didn't realize how deep it went. And I still. So we went to how high is free. Now we're going to how deep his love is. And um, I just want to let you know that love is wrapped up in the freedom. And that freedom is wrapped up in the love. You can't separate them. We serve an awesome God. He loves us. And he keeps us. I want to thank those of you who prayed this morning for me, for the message. As I've been walking in the freedom, walking away from the, the, the shame and the guilt that people try to put on me, condemnation. God said, that, that ain't going nowhere. That's part of what it is. But you flow like the wind. You, you, you move like the spirit. You don't, That stuff don't touch you. That touches you when you're in the, in the flesh realm and you let it. Stay in the realm of the spirit. Walk in the spirit now has a different meaning to me. And you not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It means something different now. I walk in the spirit. I flow like the wind. I'm not pulled around by my emotional or natural and, and, and fleshly self. I'm, I'm moving, flowing by like the wind, like the spirit of God. I'm not saying I've achieved, but there's one thing I do, forgetting that which is behind me. I press forward to the mark of the high calling. Won't you join me? Father, in the name of Jesus, this word, man, you gave it to me. Let it sit in our hearts. Let us be glorified in you. Lift us up to the place that we walk the way we're supposed to walk, not by and by, but we claim it today, right now. And we thank you for it. Let us at least master the, the earthly side of this so that we can see the full potential of the kingdom side. Starting right now, starting right now, starting today, starting this week, I'm believing for a manifestation for every one of us that we see that we are beginning to flow like and stepping into the realm of the spirit. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. <laughs>